kid. Hello, I'm Sammy Eisberg. Uh, we are here with Robert Bruno. So, can you give us a little bit of your uh, baseball background? Well, certainly. Uh, you know, I, I played played in high school and in about half a year of college, and then I was done. I had some injuries. Uh, matter of fact, senior year, I, I actually, because I really couldn't do a whole bunch uh, for knee and shoulder things, I actually coached the freshman team. And it, was, it was a lot of fun, and that kind of got me going into this whole thing. And I've been running NorCal baseball since 1992 and started it because I was actually coaching football and baseball and got tired of doing both sports. And a lot of my players going into high school, they, uh, they wanted to just concentrate on the baseball. And there wasn't too much of it. So we, we kind of uh, got started doing fall baseball in fall of, uh, fall of 91 and then entering 92 for the summertime. So that, that kind of is what got me going. So uh, I know that your program has been around for almost 30 years. How does a program like NorCal stay around for so long while others just come and go? Sammy, that's a great question. Uh, we started it, I think, for the right reasons, and we still do it for the right reasons. Uh, our, our joke is we're a nonprofit organization, and we prove it every year. Uh, this is not why we do it. We, we do it. Tony Crivello uh, has been with me since 1995. And we do it because this is our way of giving back. We've used baseball as a platform. And we, we try and help out uh, to make people better on and off the field because you'll be a person a lot longer than a baseball player. So uh, we started this to give, give the guys a platform to play against better teams and to learn. And that's still what we're doing. Uh, we did start this. Uh, like a lot of other people, just uh, just to make money. Uh, this is our way of giving back, and and it's a it's a great vehicle. So over those uh, thirty years, baseball has changed dramatic drastically with the tech that has come into the game. Even now, with more tech uh, coming in, so how how have you adapted to that, and how is the uh, how do you think kids have adapt, have changed? We're talking um, all the different metrics and all the different analytics and all the, the technical stuff that's come in. Um, Here's what I've noticed, and, and, and I'll make a, an analogy with the stock market to a certain extent. Um, whenever you have a spike in the stock market, you always have a correction. And we're, we'll be seeing a lot of corrections in the near future. Uh, you know, we, everything was pretty basic when we started. Uh, we were talking about uh, not, not a higher launch angle 25 years ago, but ball flight. Uh, ball flight meaning, you know, you want, to, you want that, that ball to be slightly up, taking off over the shortstop set. Not lifting the ball per se, but 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 you know we our feeling is there are five infielders in a half acre position uh, in the infield, and then there's three outfielders in a two and a half acre area. But we want the ball to go to the outfield, and so we've been doing those things forever and ever, uh, pitching fastball up and breaking ball down. Um, but now now they talk about sequencing and everything else. Well, nothing has really changed that much, but the reality is that. Uh, the spin has been taken on because we, we've had science kind of prove that, hey, these things were the right things way back when. Uh, and so uh, the more things change, the more they really stay the same, in, in my opinion. Uh, we still should be doing all the same things. Now, some people now think it's okay to strike out. Well, it's not. And, and you look at a guy like Christian Yelich. I think he's the, the perfect guy to emulate these days for, for young baseball players. Here's a guy who hits to all fields, does have power, can run, but he doesn't strike out. And so with maybe with two strikes, maybe he hits a line drive over the shortstop's head, 
instead of trying to hit the ball 480 feet down the right field line for a home run. And I, and I think we're going to see a correction into that. Uh, too many people, Sammy, now, you know, they talk about the shift. Well, why would you not bunt once in a while down the third baseline if they're shifted, you know, seven guys to the, to the right side of, uh, of, of the field, you know, six and a half, so to speak. And, you know, guys are going to need to learn how to, how to adapt. And, and I think that's going to happen. I agree with that. I hate when I see the big shift where tons of people on the uh, right side, nobody's on the left side, and they still don't try to bunt down the third base line. It just, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense if they're giving you a single. Now, some people are going to come back and say, well, yeah, but he can hit a double or a home run. Uh, you know, that's, that's true. Uh, or he might hit it right into the, uh, into the power of the shift. Uh, why not uh, try and hit a ball uh, attack the inside part and hit the ball hard to the left center gap. Uh, there's nothing wrong with hitting a double or triple that way also. Uh, so it, it's interesting how, how all of these things are changing. But again, I, I think that things are going to, to come back to normal when guys start learning how to hit to all fields again uh, instead of just trying to lift. Um, a good friend of mine, Jerry Weinstein, who's very well known in the industry, he made a great point. He, he talked about a guy that has 40 home runs, it's, let's just say 600 at-bats. Well, that's great. You get those 40 home runs, but what are you doing those other 560 at-bats? How are you making those productive also? If you're striking out 220 times, 230 times, are, are you really helping your team? And so those are the things I think that people need to start looking at. So uh, I saw from your website, which, by the way, is at NorCal Baseball for everybody, at NorCalBaseball.org. Everybody should go check that out. Thank you. Um, a lot of names that I recognize, like Brandon Crawford, Josh Peterson, and uh, Troy Tulowitzki, and uh, like the over 500 players that you sent to D1. So what are the differences between those guys um, compared to the ones that did not make it that far? Oh, that's a great, great, great question. So uh, we've got a T-shirt that I'll tell you a little bit about. It's called By the Numbers, and it tells you a lot about our program. Um, and, and on there, these are full-time players. We don't have part-time players. We don't have guest players per se. Uh, on there, so we're up to about 550 Division One players now. Uh, about almost 300 guys drafted. That doesn't mean they all played pro ball, but over, you know, real close to 300. We now have uh, 52 guys uh, in the big leagues, 21st round guys, 10 all stars, and a couple MVPs. So we've been very fortunate. Part of that is duration and longitude. Uh, if you're if you're doing things for a long time, then good things are going to happen. Uh, but let's talk about the guys that made it. You know, we've had great shortstops, for instance. We've had Tulisky and Crawford, and, and Jimmy Rollins was unbelievable. Uh, he, he's probably the, the best one of the bunch, although the other two are unbelievable, too. What I found a common denominator was that, that there was a real belief uh, that all of these guys should be and do belong at the major league level. They had great confidence and great belief. They all felt that this was their destiny. And so I think that's the common denominator. Uh, very few of those guys uh, didn't think they could make it. And there are some guys that, that also thought that but didn't quite do it. But that's the common denominator. There's a belief that uh, this was their destiny. This is where they should be. So going back to uh, why you created NorCal, so why exactly did you create it? Well, here, here's a pretty simple answer. Um, I, had a, we, I helped uh, develop the Pony League, Colt League in my area. And we, we had a great uh, uh, pony 14-year-old uh, all-star year. This is, this is 91. 
Um, and so, so we go way back. And a lot of the guys were entering high school the next year, and they really didn't want to play high school football. They loved baseball, but they weren't crazy about football. And so I said, you know what? I, I, and I was coaching football at the time also. So I said, let's start a fall ball program. <clears throat> and that, that's kind of how that got started. Um, we, we were one of only just three or four groups in the, in the greater Bay Area, which is a large, large area. Uh, and about only six or seven in all of Northern California, which constitutes, again, as big as most stakes for fall baseball. And even summer, we were one of the very few groups that were kind of independent out there. You know, you either go to Babe Ruth or Pony Cole or Legion or something, and we were an independent group. So that's kind of how it got started. We wanted to give our guys a forum to play against really good players and not get locked into uh, geographic requirements, like you can only take from three towns or something like that. Uh, and so that's, that's how we got it started. We wanted to give a, our guys a, a better place to play against good competition. So our, our final question here, it's kind of, it's a fun question. So what was you, who was your uh, favorite that you ever got a coach? It can be, uh, so yeah, who was your kind of, uh, your favorite person that you ever got to help? Oh boy. I, I'm going to give you a few because I, I can't, I can't name just one. I just can't. Um, you know, this is for, for Tony and I, this it's personal. These guys are like family to us. They're like little brothers. Um, Jimmy Rollins was one of my absolute favorite guys. So smart on the field. Uh, he could be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company if he chose not to play baseball. Uh, Will, excuse me, Will Ash is the dad, but Johnny Ash. <clears throat> Johnny is an amazing young man who uh, started playing for me uh, as a freshman. And he went all the way through freshman, sophomore, uh, junior, senior with us, uh, was team captain at Stanford, and got up to AAA and should have really made it. He hit, he hit 300 uh, at that level and, and, and somehow was released. And I, I, I still don't understand, but what a, what a great young man. Uh, so impressive. Uh, I just had a, a young guy, Will Bartlett, who was probably as good a reader as I've ever had for 25 years. He goes to uh, IMG in Florida, but he lives, he lives right here in the Bay Area. And one of the, I mean, crazy, crazy kid, uh, smart kid, great leader, great character. Uh, and I had a couple of kids like that this year, Brock Jones and, and uh, G.J. Hill, Glenn Allen Hill Jr. Uh, so I've been really fortunate to have a bunch of great, great young men through our program. I, I, can only, I can't name just one. Um, so our last question here, is there any advice to uh, anybody listening this or uh, just me in general? Well, in, in regards to what? Are we, are we talking about in, in regards to baseball? Because if we're talking about baseball, um, here's, what I would, if, uh, here's what I would say. Don't limit yourself. Don't, don't, say, uh, don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. If you have the prerequisite amount of talent and you work extremely hard in the classroom, then you've got an opportunity to play for sure in college. And then you just don't know after that. Uh, I, I know guys. I mean, here, here's how smart I am. I cut two guys that are the big leagues. I mean, you know, they, they, they just got better and better and better. Um, so you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, Bud Norris is one of them. Uh, Bud, Bud's a guy that was just kind of an average-sized guy, uh, played third base and left field, didn't pitch. And now, that, that, you know, now he pitches and he struck out 16 in the big leagues one game. Well, he got bigger, stronger, better, and, and then Bud made it. So who knows? But don't limit yourself. Uh, the biggest thing I, could, I would say is don't get limited by your academic 
ability, but only by your athletic ability. If you can play at a D3 and you're smart, fantastic. You're going to have a great, great, uh, long life. The thing that people need to understand is when you, when you pick a college, this is not a four-year decision. It's a 40-year decision. That means that who you are in college, usually as soon as you become exponentially uh, in life, it might be where you find your, uh, your, your wife, uh, where you get your job, all those things. And, and so don't limit yourself. That's, that's the biggest thing I would tell you. Thank you so much. Don't forget, go check out NorCalBaseball.org, and thank you so much again. Thank you, Danny. You did an outstanding job. Thank you. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show, the algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. Thank you, Brandon918, for the review this week. And don't forget to play ball, kid. <laughs>